Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. She's an Emmy winner. She's worked on Dancing with the Stars, so you think you can dance, and is now on World of Dance, and she's in studio today. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey. I, I, you're excited. I'm, I'm very excited. excited. Good evening, everyone. I'm Kristen Burt. Welcome to Dance Network presents To The Point with Kristen Burt. This is our very first episode, and I'm so excited to bring, to me, one of the greatest people working in the dance industry right now, because you really hit all of the the points that dance fans want to know about. They want to know about Dance With The Stars. They want to know about So You Think You Can Dance. They want to know about World Of Dance. Well, she's here, Emmy winner, Desandra Chavez. Hello, everyone. Thank you you? so much for joining me. Of course. I know. You know, last week after I watched World of Dance, I'm like, I'm calling to Sandra because I have so many questions, but you have had such an incredible career. And I wasn't joking today. I sent you a text and I said, we could probably spend three hours or more talking about your body of work. It's really incredible. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's be here for hours. But you guys, just so you know, and I had to write them down because I couldn't even memorize them all. Wait, just so you guys know all the shows that you have worked on. Okay, so you think you can dance, we know. Dancing with the Stars, America's Got Talent, X Factor, both in the U.S. and the U.K., American Idol, World of Dance, of course, Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition, Dietrich's Dance Showdown, Disney's Dance Crew, and the film Heartbeats, which Dance Network also produced. Mm -hmm. I know I'm missing more, but that is just kind of a highlight of your career. You are young. You are deep in the industry. Let's take it back a few years, because you got started in in San Diego, didn't you? I did. Born and raised from San Diego. Started dancing when I was five, choreographing when I was 11. Started my own dance company when I was 15. And then went to college for two years. That was kind of a mistake. Were you going to college for dance? I was. (laughs) No, see, I went to college for dance. I went to NYU, um, a conservatory program, and there's, there's... great things about it and then there's some drawbacks to it so what were the drawbacks for you I think for me I just started so young and I was so accelerated because I became obsessed with it so young so when I went to college it felt like a step backwards a bit and not in an ego-driven way just you know I was ready to rev and get into the industry and college seemed a little backwards for me at the time I, I was ready to choreograph and so I did go to college for two years, and then I moved to L.A. and was like, I need to do what I love and follow my passion. Now, what's really interesting to me is is the calling to choreograph, because this is where, well, this is why I'm sitting here on this side of the mic, and you're on the other side. I never had a calling to teach, to choreograph, um, to own a studio, hmm. anything like that, and I thought... I'm going to hit a dead end in my career at a certain point. And some doors opened up for me in terms of the hosting and reporting side. And I walked through it because I knew I was going to hit the wall. What was your calling to choreograph? I think at 11 years old, when you're in class and and you're learning tap steps, because I started off in tap, and I was literally learning choreography. And I was like, 
I need to I need to choreograph something of my own. I went home every day when I was 11 and choreographed in my bedroom so many styles and different routines. I can't tell you how many routines I've choreographed in my bedroom. I was obsessed with it. And to me, that was a sign of like, you're meant to do this, clearly. I mean, I loved learning, but I loved learning for the sake of investing in my inventory and building my vocabulary. That's incredible. And when you moved to LA, were you set out on dancing professionally or choreographing professionally or a combination of both? Hmm. Choreographing. For sure. I mean, I trained my butt off to be able to dance really well. Um, and funny, I'll be dancing in something coming out soon. Surprised. You'll see that later. Okay. But I can't tell you any details. <laughs> but um, I wanted to choreograph. It was my calling. It was my purpose. I wanted to tell stories that affected people. Um, it was my truth. It's my only voice. I know that sounds cliche, but it really is true. And the industry has changed so much. Once YouTube came around, it changed the face of what dance looked Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline like because not only do we have all these wonderful items from dance history that we can look at Mm -hmm. um, but it also created names and faces it made choreographers famous based off of YouTube and because you can constantly create all of the time what was it like before YouTube and what was it like after YouTube Ooh, good question uh before YouTube I think dancers were really just in awe of the whole industry. I think because YouTube made dance so accessible, it really changed how people view dance and how they train and how they go into a class disciplined. I think the old school dancers were just more driven in terms of like their work ethic. There is a really big difference in that. And, you know, as a dancer, now you have to have a brand and you have to have all the social media and you have to have lots of followers really to make it in this industry in some ways. Um, you, of course, you still have to have the technique with it. Yeah. But before it was just it was basically technique driven and having that ability to perform well. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was I agree with you. It was technique driven. I think I mean, if we want to get to the root, of it, technique is like the root of everything you know and I think we lost that along the way somewhere when you ever whenever you commercialize anything it becomes about what's popular instead of what's excellent and I always say your focus should be on excellence not popularity yeah that's a really good point and I think a lot of dancers could sometimes like listen to the message and you know what I love about your social media account and you do this on Twitter you oftentimes would be like hey dancers <laughs> and offer some great advice and you did one like I would like to work with you, return calls, return emails in a timely manner. And I was like, hey, hey, I'll jump on that one too. I retweeted it because I was like, I find the same thing. Oftentimes I want to interact with the dancer, interview them, give them some publicity. I'm very like, you have a story, bring it to me. I'm very open to people bringing stories to me. And sometimes they don't return emails Oh my god, or texts or anything else like that. And I'm like, you're actually just hurting your career because I'm here to give you a free platform. Yeah, yeah. I think communication is key. I think discipline is key. And I wonder sometimes, where are the mentors guiding the younger generation? Um, But for me, I take the stance of not complaining about it. 
I'm going to do something about Mm -hmm. it. So there are plenty of dancers out there. You know who you are, who I mentor, and I guide them. And I say, you know what? That's not okay to do that. You have to return an email. you got to call this person back. You have to show up to ballet class, even though that's not going to be your career. These are the, the things you have to do. And I think people are so gravitated towards yes people instead of honest people. And that is something I think that is my reputation in this business. Yeah, honesty is something that we do miss quite a bit. And even for me, I was like, you know, even if you're just like not at this time, I'm not interested. I'm okay if you're like, I don't, you know, I mean... Not everyone wants to be interviewed by me. I get that. I don't take it personally. It's it's okay to just say I'm not interested this time or I can't do it at this time. There's oftentimes non-disclosure agreements. People can't talk until the project's out. There are a million reasons and you can make sure. up a million excuses and just be like, but just let me know that you're like, can't, can't do it. Yeah, it's that's communication. Okay. It's so important. It's something that's lacking and I wonder if it's because of social media, because we communicate through the phone that we've lost that connection of actually having human interaction. I don't really know. I don't know. I, I'd love to know because it's like, love to talk to some of the dancers. I'm like, why didn't you return my email? Well, I'll find out at some point. Well, I find that artists in general sometimes tend to be bad business people. I'm like, you have to have your business in order as much as you have your artistry in order. And sometimes they always don't go hand in hand. And I think that that's important. If you have a weakness in business, you should work on it. And vice versa. That's why it's called show business. Oh, oh my show god, business. I love you, Chris. <laughs> We're gonna be best you friends. Get I get it. <laughs> well, let's talk about for you because you're someone that understands the show and the business of it. What was your really big break that you felt like just cracked open the door for you in the industry? So you think you can dance, Jeff Thacker? I emailed him a million times. I was like, Jeff, please come watch my work. And he was like, no, send me a link, send me a DVD. I said, no, please watch it live. That is how you're going to be affected by it. And he was like, no, 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 no. So I just was proactive. I set up my own private showcase at NoHo Pack, 30-minute show. I invited, like, VIPs in the industry, and I said, here's the date, here's the time. Come and watch my work. I would not take no for an answer. Come. And he came, and he was blown away. There were So You Think You Can Dance all-stars, past and present in the audience. They were hooting and hollering. And he was like, you are amazing. I'm going to hire you. And that literally launched my career. And I'm so grateful to him for that. And so many other people have launched my career. But that was, like I think, the pivotal moment of I'm doing a showcase. Come and watch me. And now he actually does choreography showcases to audition choreographers now. And I don't think anyone knows that I was actually the first person who actually did a live showcase because before that he just wanted you to email him interesting and see that's it like this industry especially it's like it takes a great idea um and it takes you doing your own work and probably shelling out some money for the theater and paying dancers and things like that but look at where it leads it leads to an emmy award you guys (laughs) i know we'll get to that but let's talk about season seven was your first um season with so you think you can dance Lauren Froderman, but Lofro is what she wants to be called, so I don't Lofro, but just in case you only know her, it's Lauren Froderman and Dietrich were um, yeah. together. And hip hop was the first style you did on, so you think. Lyrical hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so fun. Met Lauren and was like, oh my God, she's a genius. How did I get so lucky? Dietrich was an all star, clearly a B boy. Um, did that piece, and, and Lauren struggled with that emotionally in the beginning. She like had a breakdown and she got through it and made me proud and it was my first piece of work on the show and I was just honored to have her. Yeah, and if you go back and watch it, it's out there on YouTube. You really see even after um, the piece, like 
she's walking up to the judges and she's, I mean, she is like out of control with her emotions. She's like, and I don't know what to do with this yeah. because it was something so foreign to her. I don't think she had ever connected emotionally like that to anything. Like, cause I, you know, the type of creator I am, I'm like, you will emote, you will connect to this song. I don't care what I have to do to draw that out of you. I will get you to do it. And I think she just was so new, so to speak. And I was like, relentless. I was like, no, you will, you will feel this. And I think it unleashed the dragon. And like, she just was a ball of feeling from there. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love it when that happens, when you see those breakthroughs that the dancers need to have. Because yeah. you, you try and get them as early as possible in the season. Because if you have it too late, people start voting you off and things like that. Because. Yeah. And I think, you know, you forget sometimes these dancers are so young. A lot of them are 18 and 19. And tapping deep into emotions can be hard. Yeah. Well, they don't have the experience, you know. She had never been broken up with. Speaking of broken up with, I actually kind of was their Cupid because they started dating after that piece. And there was clear chemistry in the rehearsal process. And they dated for many, many years, which I think was beautiful. And they had a great relationship and time together. And I'm I'm proud that I was able to connect that moment for them. You were the little matchmaker. Yeah. Well, so you think you dance matchmaker. Um, and then you, you came back for season eight. Mm-hmm. And you got Lauren again. Yes. Bro- yes. Oh, my God. She was an sure. all-star at that point. Yeah. Uh, with Marco. Oh, come on. He's an all-star this season. I was just talking about this piece today. It took me like an hour to work with them in the rehearsal. They learned it in an hour, and then we were like, okay, we're done. Let's hang out. And they were like, should we do it again? I was like, yeah, keep rehearsing it, but I think you guys are good. How come it just came so easily to everyone? It mm. was just one of those that it just they fit well together, the style fit well. With it them. was that magical moment where it was a perfect storm. Everything just came together, and Marco, they're both so athletic and gifted, and they're workhorses. My favorite type of dancer a workhorse, a dancer who's like, I'll do it a gazillion times for you. Because there is no substitute for rehearsal. If you don't rehearse, you're not going to have an amazing product. Now, I know some choreographers would argue against that and say, oh, you can't over-rehearse something. I don't really believe that. Interesting. You know, and we've heard um, many, many times, like, the word about contestants, and I don't know if you guys all know this, it does trickle through. Like, sometimes I'll have an interview with a choreographer, and they'll talk about certain contestants, like, this person has been doing great in rehearsal. You know, even though, like, we've had judges save some season, we get why the judges are saving this contestant. Yep. This other one that, you know, fans seem to love, they're not, they're kind of lazy in rehearsal. Yeah. I hear that feedback. It Do does. You? It does. <gasps> it trickles back. So what dancers need to know, and I've said this to people, I'm like, and I've, I've told people when there's been great um, comments about them, I'm like, I just want you to know in, like, season 12, I heard this about you and people loved you in the rehearsal room because, and you should know that because you should continue that same sort of work ethic throughout your career. But people don't know that this industry is very, very small. Very. And if it's getting back to me, it's getting back to important people that can hire you. Yeah. I mean, your reputation is everything. It's everything to me. Um, I've always said I want to be respected and legendary. I don't want to be famous. They are very, very different because you can be famous for all the wrong reasons. There's a lot of people who we won't talk about that are famous Reality for the wrong stars. Reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and dancers, you know, the industry talks, like you said. We all know who works hard. We all know who shows up on time. We all know who's going to deliver on that live stage. Like, small world. You never want to burn a bridge. You never want to burn a bridge. And if you sit there and you're watching TV and you think, like, why is that dancer working so much? It's 
because of their reputation. It's because they're not only staying in class and you know keeping up with their technique, but they're also answering those phone calls. They're being great at rehearsal. They're saying yes when you're saying we need you to do it for the 42nd time. Oh, yeah. I always say I want to hire people that are likable. I have to like you. You yeah. have to be amazing and have a great energy. And if I'm like stand on your head you can do it and and if not even if you can't that you try that there's a willingness there I'd rather work with a workhorse who's going to be diligent than someone who's clearly a star but ego driven mm-hmm. I don't have time for that doesn't work for anyone it doesn't work for the team especially if it's a group piece it just no. doesn't work no season 12 and I you know I we were talking about this piece off the air because I'm like it still sticks in my brain Yaya and Alex and you know Alex came in major technician I mean super ballet trained and you've got Yaya who is an incredible artist oh yeah incredible artist but doesn't have that same training that he does and on paper you look at that and go that might be a disaster this was me (laughs) I was like uh please no oh not because they're not both incredible but when you talk about that matchup you've got hip-hop dancer extraordinaire versus a truly trained technician, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how am I going to work this magic to put it together? Um, and you know what I told myself was just create for them because they're so uniquely special. And I just wanted to craft something that showcased them in their best light. And it was magical. Like she killed that piece. Yeah, she really did. And it was one of those, um, you, you forget that she's a hip hop dancer. You oh, know, yeah. you sit there and you go, okay, we've got Yaya. Is she going to point her toes? You think about that? You don't think about any of that in that oh. piece whatsoever. You're, you're there with the emotion. And if you guys haven't seen the piece, it is out there on YouTube. Go watch it. Um, and it was about early onset Alzheimer's, correct? Correct. Correct. I was inspired by a movie called Alice. Um, and she basically, I believe, got Alzheimer's around 30s. Ooh, that's young. Which is very young. And um, so I thought Yaya was the perfect kind of character to play that. And she's such a good little actress as a dancer that I thought, this is just perfect for her. And I did write her. I was like, you will not be a hip-hop dancer in this contemporary piece. You will point your toes. You will straighten your legs. <laughs> you will jump high. You will make this pretty. And, and she was all about it. Yeah, and we've got a great photo that we can probably throw up on the screen. It's like Alex, like, flying in the air, like Yaya's on the floor. Yeah. It's a beautiful photo. Um, there it is. There it is. Yep, that one right there. Perfect. I mean, if you take a look at that, it's just, it's exquisite. Yeah, it's and perfection. It, I mean, look at Alex's feet. Like, he's parallel to the ground. Killer. Love. Yeah. That's where you know, like, well-trained technician, ballet. Yep. He took all his ballet classes. He was there. Yep. <laughs> now, I have to ask... So you think, is it a possibility for season 14? Okay. (laughs) I can't say anything, but you may or may not see my work. Okay. (laughs) Door is open, as we like to say. The door is open for season 14. Um, Are you looking forward to sort of see what I call it, like, back to basics with So You Think You Can Dance? Mary's back. The format with 18 to 30 is back. Yes. I will say that I'm so excited just because... That's where it started. So it's kind of full circle. And then having Mary back, I mean, again, full circle. And I just think there's something that the adults bring that make it magical to connect to. You kind of can just relate more. I think the kids was tricky because you kind of feel bad to seeing them in a reality situation. You're like, oh, no, don't hurt their feelings. (laughs) Um, It was tough on on those elimination nights because some of the kids did cry. Obviously, I would have cried as an adult. So, you know, but it... 
you just want to hug them and, yeah. you know, and and some of them would do press afterwards. God bless them. And, you know, other ones would be like, I just can't. And I'm like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're so young to be dealing with that. It's like, I don't know. I think the adults can handle it a little more. It's yeah. still hard, not going to lie, but they can handle it. They can definitely handle it. All right. Well, we'll just peek through that door when it comes. Mm-hmm. We have to wait a couple months for live shows, but... Next week starts the audition round, so I'm looking dun, forward dun, to dun. see. I dun, dun, dun. I saw the LA auditions. Um, I saw downtown at the Orpheum one day, and then I did see the first day of Academy. So yeah. I know there's a lot of great talent. I out heard there. there's some great dancers on this show. Rumor has it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now there's some good ones. I think people are going to be really excited. Um, let's talk about your Emmy win, and I feel like I followed you through that journey, which you is did. which is nice. I love that. Um, and, and, you know, I went back and watched um, our interviews from 2015, which was kind of fun um, just looking back on it because Elastic Heart and working with the Huffs, it's, you know, that's a big deal. That's a great collaboration. People follow Derek Huff to the ends of the earth, and you know that. <laughs> I do know that. So how did it all come together uh, originally? Well, Nappy Tabs, who are mentors of mine, who hire me on some other jobs as well, who I love very much. They're like family to me. They recommended me to Derek. He was looking for sort of a collaborator for a contemporary piece that he was doing for Sia. He called me. He said, hey, you don't know me. My name's Derek Huff. And I said, (laughs) I know you. Wait a minute. I was like, I know who you are. I'd be like, is that you? Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, hey, babe. He calls everyone babe. Hey, babe, do you want to, like, work with me on a SIA routine? I said, sure. And then um, ball started rolling from there. And it was originally for Dancing with the Stars, or was it for Move, or was it for both? Originally for SIA. Originally for For her Sia. performance on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And Julianne was a part of it, and I call them my two angels. Like, they are the dream team to work with. They are the hardest workers in the industry. They are probably some of the best dancers or the best dancers that I've ever been blessed to work with. I mean, they talk about do it over and over again. They're like, let's do it again. We don't have it. Let's do it again. And it got to the point where I was like, you guys take a break. It's okay. It's water. <laughs> it's okay. And they were like, no, we can do it again. And I, you know, whenever I get combined with a workhorse, I'm like, let's do it. I can push you. Sky's the limit. And we weren't even focused, you know, as any artist, we weren't focused on, oh, let's win an Emmy. We were focused on creating excellence, you know? Mm-hmm. What what does the job call for? How do we do this song justice? Because Sia is a genius in her own right. How do we do this justice, tell a story, and make people feel something? Um, and, and again, back to excellence over fame, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think if you constantly um, look at what the Huffs are doing in the dance industry, they're constantly pushing boundaries. They're yeah. constantly doing other things that are outside of their ballroom comfort zone yeah. all the time. And, Always. I mean, if you take a look at their move tour, you look at it what it looked like in 2015, and you look at what it looks like in 2017, and you can see the evolution of them as artists, which I think oh is God. so important. They're always wanting to be pushed. Always. And you did rework the piece for move yes, tour yes. in 2015. And then I even choreographed other pieces for their tour and so you know I consider them friends but you know and they're they're just angels to me they can do no wrong I love that yeah um I also know that in in the piece you talked about the kids the kids had not done a lot of partnering at the time in their young careers oh, for that piece got for that piece yeah for Elastic Heart was that a big challenge because there were some pretty tricky lifts in there it was challenging but those little kids pulled it off <laughs> um they Joey and Emma they worked so hard I will not lie, I was on them 
like white on rice. I was like, again, 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 what are you doing? No, hold her here. We were constantly rehearsing, but they were about it, you know? They're true little competitors and artists and dancers, and they wanted it to be right. And I think they felt that energy from Derek and Julianne, and they were like, we have to step up to this. Yeah. It's the lead by example thing. It's so important. Amen. They're looking at the adults, and they're like, oh, okay, we got to get to work. (laughs) Uh, what was that moment like when you found out you were nominated? Because that is a big <sighs> morning for people in Los Angeles, you know, working in the industry. You know, you don't do it for awards no, because eventually your award does collect dust on your bookshelf. Yeah. But you will always be introduced as Emmy winner. Isn't that scary? No, that, that, no it there's is so wonderful. much pressure with and that. No one can ever take that away from you. No. Which yeah. is so wonderful. I was shocked because, again, I didn't go into it thinking I want to win an award. I went into it as an artist wanting to create for these two genius genius artists in our industry. Um, I was shocked. So I think Derek called me in the morning, actually. I was asleep. Oh, my God, it's all coming back to me. I feel like I remember. (laughs) I was in San Diego. I was in my bed. I was asleep. And I think Derek called me and was like, congratulations, babe. He calls everyone babe. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? Like, literally half asleep. And he was like, we just got nominated for an Emmy. Oh, my God. Congratulations. And I literally was just shocked. I I literally couldn't even speak. I was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, just frozen. And even the night of the award ceremony, like, just frozen and in disbelief, really. What what an honor, truly. I said to you, you're going to win that night. I went back you and watched did. I did. And I said, where are you putting? I said, when you win, not if you win. When you win, where does that Emmy go? And you said a bookshelf. Is it still on a bookshelf? It's in, it's at the top of my bookshelf in my house, and a light shines down on it. Ah. And um, <laughs> But I will say, I always say this at conventions when I teach, um, that award is so symbolic for all the work that I've done since I was 11, you know, creating and but it didn't change me like I'm still that 11 year old girl who grew up really poor with a single mom on welfare who had a dream to dance and had a dream to be a choreographer and I'm living that dream and although that award is symbolic of all of that hard work it hasn't changed me it's only inspired me and made me so grateful to just be in this business and be supported and loved by so many people well, and I think what people don't realize, too, it's like it's awesome to get the award, but you wake up the next day and you're like, I got to go back to work. Yeah. Hard work starts again. Yeah. 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 Hard work. Always. Again, I'm no different. Like, I'm going to show up to <laughs> the Emmy job the same way that I show up to any other job, whether you're paying me $5 or $10,000. Right. Like, you're going to get the same to Sandra Chavez, no matter what. I like that. I like to hear that. Um, and you worked again with them this year, yeah. season 24 with Unsteady, yeah. um, kind of a follow-up piece. And, yeah. you know, I, I love that you can kind of like continue the story. Yeah. Um, tell us about what that was like. Well, that was Derek's great idea to kind of have a moment frozen in time of like an argument of divorce papers, you know, someone hands you divorce papers and you're in this emotional distress and you're going through a breakup and you have two kids. It was Derek and Julianne's personal story about their family. And I love his idea. He sent us a photo of what if it's just frozen in time and and the papers are flying in the air and we create from there. It's like that moment mm. is frozen. And that sort of created the the imagery of the mother and the father in distress in that moment. And um, it's really fun to create. I collabed with Kyle Hanagami, who's a good friend, and then Derek and Julianne, who are always, again, 
monsters on the dance floor. Yeah, and, and you know, I want to say uh, Julianne in this piece, to me, uh, I just was like, wow, I saw a depth to her and her mm-hmm. dancing that I had not seen before. You knew it was deep and it was personal and she was feeling it, but she put it all out there through the physical movements, but you yeah. felt it emotionally. She was crying, you know? Yeah. she. I think, again, whenever you do anything personal that hits home, it's just a different level, you know? She really went there, as she always does, but really with this one. Did you use the same kids? Was it different Emma? kids? Different kids. Okay. Because yeah. like, those kids are like grown up now. <laughs> they are. I was like looking at their Instagram. I'm like, I don't think it's the same ones. They look a little bit taller, a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> they got old on us. Not old, old, but you know, they, they had a grow. growth spurt. They, major growth spurt altogether. Um, you know, did you submit it to Emmys? Can I can I ask? I, I we did submit it. Okay. We'll see. Because I was like the deadline just passed. So <laughs> you're <laughs> like hint, hint. Hint hint. It better yeah, I was like if it's if you missed it, you missed it. But yeah. I was like, I hope it was submitted because I think yeah. it was another really beautiful piece. And, you know, one that I love it when collaborations continue. I think yeah. that that's really important. And, um, you know, you're just talking about Kyle. I, I love this little, um, <laughs> I'm calling it the little, like, team that you guys have. You work a lot with nappy tabs. Kyle works a lot with nappy tabs. Yes. You guys have this little, like, dance squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now working on on World of Dance. And, um World of Dance, to me, I feel like it's the show we've been waiting for as dance fans. The time is right. And I I watched last week, and I was like, I was so worried because I was so hyped up for it. And you know when you get so hyped, you're like, oh, and then I was disappointed. We were sitting here watching it and, like, screaming. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because it was just one after the other. How... um, Obviously, Nappy Tabs, they were on first. Did they immediately bring you and Kyle in as supervising choreographers? Yeah. So it's um, myself, Kyle Hanagami, and Anthony Kin, mm-hmm. um, the three supervising choreographers. And then consulting producer is Sagiv, who also has been working with them on projects. Um, yeah, they brought us in, and we were stoked. I think any show that is for our dance community is a win. You know what I mean? Like, we've had So You Think You Could Dance. We have Dancing with the Stars. Now you have World of Dance. I think as we keep adding, it's just a win-win for all of us, ultimately. Yeah, there's a place for all three shows. I wrote an article Amen. last week on dancenetwork.tv. You'll see it at the news tab. <laughs> but I said there is a place for all three shows. And yeah. you don't have to love all three shows. No. Nope. But you should support all three shows because it's employing people. It's keeping your favorite dancers out there. It's introducing you to new dancers and choreographers. Exactly. And that's what we want. Exactly. Like, like I said, it's a win-win. Like, they are all ver- three very different formats and vibes, and I think that's what's amazing. Like, you want to have different places where you can look at different things. But I think the talent on World of Dance is off the chart. Well, yeah. and it's Like, ridiculous. Like, it is ridiculous. And, and you know, I'll, and I'll tell this story a little bit later when we do the World of Dance after show, but I'll, I'll tease you guys with it. One of the couples um, that was on the show, they made it, they they went through the competition. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, but they made it through the first, the qualifying round. Let's just put it that way. And then they went back and said, our routines that we have for the possible second round are not good enough. And they flew their choreographer into L.A. and were like, let's retool some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they realized the level of talent they thought was like here. They're mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. It's so, It's yeah. I mean, it's beyond. It's bonkers. Like, it's insane. Like, some of the acts I would watch and... I was just mind blown like by the elite talent and it's just so genius you know there's so many unique voices is what I'll say which is what I love 
There's a variety, which is also, I think, important. Mm -hmm. It's not just contemporary. It's not just hip hop. It's not just groups. It's not young. Like, it's literally everything. So you can't really get bored. No, you certainly don't. And we've had uh, so many questions about World of Dance because we didn't have that traditional, like, American Idol slash, so you think, audition round. I know some people were invited. Some people had auditions. Can you talk us a little bit through that process of how they all came together? Well, I actually don't know the ins and outs of that because when I came on it was for the live portion Mm -hmm. so everything was sort of established when I came on Um, but um, I can't imagine why people would be you know did you say people were upset that there weren't live auditions? People like to see the audition rounds. And I'm like, oh. well, this is just different. I, yeah. I mean, I think that that, but I know some, there were auditions here in LA. People were invited to attend a live audition. I think some people were just invited via video and stuff like I don't like think that. you need it. I mean, do you need it? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think people, here's the thing, and this is my thought on this. We've gotten so used to a formula. We've gotten used to... Boom, right? Right on the nose? You nailed it. <laughs> you answered my question because I'm like, well, why do we need to see the audition? It doesn't matter how they got there. These are the people competing. Yeah. Yes. And and some of them are, are World of Dance tour babies. Like, they yeah. have grown up through the system. Lay Twins is a great example of that. There's there's several of the acts that are on tour um, even this summer. But I think, um, but I think that that's okay, too, because if we're going to be the Olympics of dance, it yeah. is the best of the best yeah. from around the world. Amen. Amen. And that's what makes it cool. It's different. It's not the formula that you're used to. And and I think we should embrace that, you know, for what it is. I think it came out strong in my opinion. I know the second episode is tonight, which mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch. But I think it came out the gate strong in terms of being its own identity, which is very different from So You Think. Absolutely. And I, and I love that the ratings were really strong. It's 50% over what they had in that time slot last year. I was like, even if there's a ratings dip... It is still a huge success, even if it's 40% for the second week. It doesn't matter. It came out of the gate strong. And NBC put a lot of muscle behind this. You couldn't throw a rock without hitting a billboard in Los Angeles, at least. I know that. (laughs) I love that. Love that. What do you know? um, And we had this question last week. Some of the dances seemed long. And like um, something like Next Level, the the cloggers, seemed very, very short. Was that their routine or was... There's some editing there. I think there was some editing. Okay. Yeah. Because I I was watching in San Diego, and um, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it a bit after. Um, and I f- thought their routine was chopped. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed shorter. Um, I guess there was like a time. Control. A time thing, and they yeah. knew that they weren't making it through to the next round, so maybe that was just, yeah. that's where you have to do a little snipping. That's the and magic that's the television. part of TV, you know? Like, it is a television show. Nothing is perfect. You've you've got so many parameters that you have to follow. It's not just let's sit here for three hours and watch every single routine. And what was it like um, behind the scenes? Like, what was your role as supervising choreographer? Are you just trying to? Are you helping the acts like with some of their pieces and for shooting for camera? Because sometimes, like, yeah. something can look great on a stage, but it looks very different on. Exactly. Yeah, we're just we're literally there to help them in any way that we can, you know, because some of the acts coming in maybe don't know how to play towards camera and and we can kind of guide them in that or advise them or say, "Ooh, maybe not that angle or maybe less dancers here might work better." By no means are we re-choreographing acts. I don't want anyone to think that. Um, very much these acts came in as their own and, and remained their own on the show. But literally we were kind of like their secret mentors and coaches. 
That's nice. I know that there were a lot of people working behind the scenes. Like I know Gustavo Vargas was yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And yeah. So what was his role? If he's not a supervising choreographer, is he just kind of helping around to? Well, he was kind of helping uh, uh, the uh, Latin group that was on. Perfect. Yeah, he was translating for them. Oh, that's great. Which is a really important role because a lot of them didn't speak English. It's so a global we competition. Kind of, yeah, we needed to sort of be able to communicate with them. Oh, that's fantastic. And yeah. I've got to imagine for some of them, too, if they haven't performed in the round before. Um, so different. So different. If you're used to just like a flat stage and, you know, in the round, obviously, that circular stage you saw in, in the center. Round is tricky, you know, and, and especially with a lot of dance crews who, you know, have maybe come through the world of dance machine. Performing in the round is tricky because you don't have a flat edge to sort of set your formations. It's hard to find center. And even formations that change, you're sort of disoriented because you're in this like black space mountain looking circle <laughs> thing. And you're like, oh, where am I? I know a couple of the dancers in tech like literally got lost. Like one guy was doing like a back layout. It was a solo, thankfully. But he got disoriented and he ended up performing like the rest of it to the side and where we're like no 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 this way this this way way. (laughs) that did they know ahead of time it was um a theater in the round i am not sure i think they were sent the stage plot okay um because given time to readjust because kinja's had like they used the space very very well yeah well Um, also when we rehearsed backstage that we made sure that was kind of another job we had we made sure to tape out the stage for them Mm -hmm. so that they knew what they were transferring into on the real deal. Yeah, this is these are your parameters. These are your parameters. This is all you have. Yeah. Yeah, but it's tricky because once you're there on the stage, it's very black. And so it feels like Space Mountain to me. It's just like, where am I? But it's a very really modern. Cool. Yeah, it's a very modern show. Like very yeah. contemporary feeling. Yeah. It, it's slick in the editing. Like the, the pace is so fast. I was like, I just got hit over the head with seven amazing dances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're, it's done. And I was like, when's next week happening? It left yeah. you wanting more. Yeah. So, I mean, literally when I was watching and I was in the process and when I was at home watching, I was like, oh, they were amazing. And then the next one would come and I'd be like, oh, they're killers. And then the next group and I'm like, oh, genius. Like literally just the caliber is really exciting, I would think. And I was a part of it and I was excited watching it. That's incredible. I mean, and it's one of those things. Were you surprised watching it? Just thinking, I can't believe like I'm part of the show. Like this is epic television. It is. It is. And again, I'll say it. It elevates dance. You know, it just... Being on that platform and being, it's got so much, like you said, muscle behind it in terms of production value and costuming and all of that, that I think that it, it makes it exciting. It does. And, and I will say another thing that has made me very happy. I loved that there are five categories of judging. It makes everyone very accountable. Yeah. Because um, we've had, you know, Dancing with the Stars, sometimes I'm like, what? You're that's like, like, how'd you get that 10? How'd you get that 10? I'm like, that's a very subjective 10. And, and yeah. it's you know, it's like a the contestants ten, not compared to the other contestant how they dance. And you're like, how did they get a nine and they got a ten? Like, yeah. it keeps everyone very accountable in different categories that that make a difference in dance. Yep. Technique matters, but also performance matters. Yeah. Creativity, choreography, it all matters. Production. It all matters. It's how it all comes together. And I always say, I was just talking about this to someone. You can be technically proficient and visually stimulating and amazing, and I'll watch you and I feel nothing. Isn't that weird? Like you can be visual, technical perfection and I feel nothing. And so for me, it's important to have those categories because 
if I were judging you, I would say performance down the tubes, because if you can't make me feel something, you're not doing your job as an artist and vice versa. Like there's some people who are so raw and edgy and they make you feel something and they lack in the other department. So that's why I think those categories are helpful and really important. Yeah. I was like, it's a game changer in the dance competition series. I was so happy about that. Yeah. Um, I know that you're doing a ton of teaching and yeah. Radix. This is, I, I was saying, this is quite a team that is assembled. Um, and you guys teach throughout the country, but this yeah. is the only place you teach, correct? Only place I teach. So if you want to come learn from me, that's where you got to go. <laughs> so the season's over. You guys will start up yeah. uh, in the fall again. Yep, in October. And people ask me all the time. They're like, we want to learn from you. Please teach in L.A. And I might eventually. Um, but right now, Radix Dance Convention is the only uh, teaching I'm doing. That starts in October and goes all the way through May. And then we have nationals at the end of June. And you have Brian Friedman with you. Who yeah. else do you have? Oh, my God. Brian Friedman, Tice Diorio. We have Nappy Tabs. Yay. Um, who else? Talia Favia. We've got Chaz, Billy Bell, Jessica Keller, Eddie Strachan, uh, Tina Caspri Cypret. Uh, so many. Jason Janis, who's like the most brilliant tap dancer ever. Like just a killer, killer faculty. And you were even saying like Maddie Ziegler's one of our assistants. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We have killer assistants. Gabby Diaz comes out. So you think all-star and yeah. assists us and... And Maddie and some other incredible, incredible assistants. That's quite the tour. Yeah. That's very impressive. Uh, You know, another thing I want to sort of ask about, this is kind of in the the vein of um, Maddie, dance moms. Yeah. You know, I know that you worked on Abby's um, dance Ultimate Season two. Season two. What, you know, there's so many (laughs) mixed views of who Abby Lee Miller is. What was your experience like? Well, mine was tricky. Um, I went in and worked with her on Abby's Ultimate. I was supervising choreographer and um, was fine on that show. And then they kind of brought me back to Dance Moms to do a guest master class for them. And I was like, sure, I'll come in and do a guest master class. And then I got there. I was like, wait, does Abby know about this? And and they kind of were like, no, she doesn't really know. And I was like, uh, well, I'm not teaching it unless Abby knows I'm coming in. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, yeah, fine, you can talk to Abby, which was kind of a setup. And then I I walked in, and that's when she was like, who are you? I don't know you, which is really odd and ironic because I'm like, no, you know me. I worked for you on season. Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition Season 2. You clearly know who I am. So that happened. I went in. I spoke my truth. I was like, I'm not going to disrespect you in any way. Although she can come across erratic and behaves the way she does, I was never going to still, again, disrespect her platform or disrespect, you know, her authority with her students. So I said, look, I'm old school. I didn't. This was not communicated properly. I'm not going to teach. Um, clearly. So that was a really icky situation that I was put in. Um, and that was that, you know, but I, I believe what goes around comes around. You yeah. Know? It's, it's been, again, it goes way. back to reputation, you know, that is everything in this business and I've never been any different. Yeah. You got to stay true to who you are. Yeah. And I think, and I think the, the dance moms thing, it was such an explosion. Yeah, um, it was. For, for everyone involved, the moms, the kids, you know, the teachers. And I don't think that 
everyone was prepared for what it was going to be. No, no. And I don't know what she was, what was happening in her personal life at the time and what exploded from that. Um, At the end of the day, I just, I wish everyone the best. And I I hope that she can find peace and happiness within herself. Because ultimately, I know that it's never about me. If someone's being angry or vicious to me, it's not about me. Who knows what it is about me that might be inducing their insecurity for whatever reason. But ultimately, I know that there was nothing I did. Yeah, and that's always a good, it's always a good life lesson because you, we have it as humans, we take it personally. You go, oh God, it's all about me. It had nothing to do with you that day. It had to, whatever was happening with her and. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's like they were a reality show. I know production had their motives because I've heard, I've heard some of those stories. Yep. Um, And, you know, they've got a, they've got a show to produce. I I get it, you know. Um, Yeah right or wrong they have a show to produce and they want to make money and sure. they have a hit on their hands and um but then I also don't think like Pittsburgh to LA this huge explosion of fame yeah yeah I mean again I don't know her that well I only worked with her on the show and mm-hmm. I didn't even interact with her that much on Abby's Ultimate because mm-hmm. I was behind the scenes working on concepts and the choreography for all the kids so I mainly worked with the kids but she still knew who I was and it's all good. But, you know, here's the deal. Things come full circle. Literally months after that, I won an Emmy. And I just... You were like, that's it. You know, that's that's where I'm placing my hard work on. And, you know, exactly. I'm glad to see that the kids are still out there and they're working. And yeah. they're, they're all great kids. I, you know, they are sweethearts. Maddie, Nia, Chloe, I've interviewed them all, and they're all super sweet. They're so. so sweet, all of them. I mean, Maddie's with us on Radix, and she's the most down-to-earth, sweet girl and I just adore her and I so connect with her and all of those kids are sweet so if anything good came out of that show I think that you know those kids are really sweet and they are truly talented and I love that they it didn't uh, everything that happened on the show didn't jade them against the industry like they're still invested they still want to be artists yeah you know whether they're dancers or musicians or kind of a combination of it all and doing Broadway I love that they're still able to sort of break through all of that Yeah, and Maddie's still a student Literally at Radix, she just came in. She wasn't even assigned to my class, but she came in and assisted my teacher class, which is like an intermediate level combo. And she's in there and I'm like, oh, hi, you're in class. Great. Come on stage. You're assisting me. (laughs) She's still hungry to learn and grow. And I think that's so important. And that speaks of her character, ultimately. Yeah. And it's who she is as an artist. I think people just see like, you know, this is C is like muse and this is her dancer and she's so famous and she doesn't get a lot of free time we know that we've all seen her out in public and she gets mobbed by fans but i'm like yeah i think dance is probably a wonderful escape for i think so too yeah she's able to be herself and and have those private moments and everything else and yeah show her heart which is you know that's incredible yeah she's a special girl Oh, and hearts. That was a nice little transition that I just did there because heartbeats. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. But heartbeats, which was produced by Dance Network. Uh huh. Dwayne Adler film. You guys, you need to know this name if you watch dance films. Dwayne Adler. Step because up. yep, step up. Incredible. Like kind of like raise the bar for all of these dance films that that we still love to watch. Um, how did you get involved with the project? Gosh. That was so long ago. It feels like so long ago. Two years ago. Even though it was sort of recent. Fall of 2015, I think. Yeah. Close to winter, actually. Um, I had a friend who was uh, involved in the producing of the movie, um, and he connected me to Dwayne. 
And then he interviewed me, and the rest is history. I was excited about it. I wanted to do a film. I was excited that the film had such a deep story to it. It wasn't like the step-up films where it was about like flashy dance per se. It was more about the story of the actors. And for me, that's my favorite part of choreography is storytelling. So I was like, I have to be on board. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. It's Dwayne Adler. <laughs> yeah, you don't say no. I wasn't going to say no. And you guys filmed over in India, correct? Yeah. yeah that that adds a whole other level. I, I've seen the film. It's so colorful and lush and... Mm-hmm. I've got to say, from the actors who had to come from Los Angeles to travel over there, that must have been such an experience of a lifetime. Uh, Of a lifetime and a culture shock. Like, I say India changed (laughs) my life. Like, I, this is no joke, I cried the first two weeks living there. Every day. Cried. Have you been to India? I haven't been to India. I sounds very similar to my time in Haiti. So, ah, yeah. Yeah. I cried every day. I think I'm just such an emotional person, and I feel people's energy. I cried every day because there's all these stray dogs. Poverty is intense there. I just, I just wanted to save everyone. I wanted to save every dog I encountered and every child yeah. I encountered on the floor on the concrete. I'm like, why is that newborn? in the middle of the sidewalk like what are we doing it's frustrating because we're we're coming from where we have it so easy even if we have a bad day we have it so easy and um if you don't compartmentalize your emotions while you're there it is really tough but the problem is you guys after you leave a third world country you come home oh and all those compartments fall apart (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah you spend a solid month if not longer trying to process what you saw and what you experienced yeah yeah but it changed me for the better truly Mm -hmm. like I came back and I just I've always been a humble person but I came back even more grateful for the simple things which I don't think I always did because I'm so career driven and tunnel visioned I'm like what am I creating next and I just allowed myself to come back and say it's okay to breathe and look at the trees and appreciate how well we're taken care of here in America yeah it's really incredible and yeah um did you see the film I know they just did a screening this past weekend I wasn't there but I did see the film the screening before okay it was really cool a little backstory on that we only had two weeks to do the dance choreography for that and the lead actor was not a professional dancer you guys did really well with making him look like a dancer like I I was a psychopath on him in rehearsal (laughs) and he loves me we have a great relationship yeah Yeah, and he's so handsome but um I was on him so hardcore like (laughs) insane woman I'd be like what are you doing why are you sitting down why are you drinking water get up like no insane (laughs) because we only had two weeks to like produce 15 numbers it's like a number a day and then, huge. We, and then we were shooting. The end. That's it. So it's it's interesting. You know, people always watch dance things, and, and they can make their own judgment, and I'm okay with that. Um, but when you know the background and you know that what we created was a miracle, then you're like, oh, it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> now, I know it's been released internationally. It has not had a U.S. Um, release, has it? Not yet. I feel like they're on the verge of doing that. Yeah. I've heard I keep some good things. Screenings have been popping up, and yeah. a lot of photos keep popping up in my timeline. So on oh. Twitter, yeah. yeah. So I feel like I was like, I, I was Googling. I'm like, when is the, you're there's okay. got to be a release or something. I heard there was like an offer. Don't mm. quote me. Um, so they're aiming for the stars. I'll say that. I love that. And, you know, and here's the other thing. The wonderful thing about 2017 is that if it doesn't make it even into the theaters, 
There is a huge dance film community uh, with Amazon Prime and Netflix. Huge. Like if you look at something like High High Strong, High Strong mm-hmm. shows up on my <laughs> yeah. on my menu all the time. I, yeah. I saw it in the theaters, but it has found an incredible life there too, and that's what I love. Or you can watch Step Up over and over again. Netflix and Amazon are like taking over the world. <laughs> they certainly are, and I think that they've opened up this wonderful platform too for for dance films that sometimes are smaller. Maybe yeah. they don't get. Um, the distribution that, you know, like, oh, it's playing down the street at your big, exactly. you know, Cineplex. But you can sit there at home on your couch and go, oh, this is a cute film. Which most people do anyway. At least I do. I'm like, what's on Netflix? <laughs> I watch every teen dance film that's out there. And there are a few of them that I was like, I've never heard of this. And I'm like, I'm going to watch it. It's, I love You know, it. They, they do a couple of, like, the spinoffs of kind of like a dance moms kind of thing mm-hmm. because the market is there. That's what's amazing. It's crazy, right? It really people has. love it. They can't get enough of it. Well, it's like Real Housewives. <laughs> it, yeah, real. There's certain things like when you hit the right formula. Yeah, sure. there's lots of imitators, and uh, but I mean, I think that that has opened so many doors. So it's like you know, sometimes people curse Dance Moms, but at the same time, I'm like, it has created more work for everyone. Yeah. Again, I've always been half business, half artist, and so the business side of me gets it. In no way, I'm like, that's horrible. That's the worst. Like. Clearly, there are some moral things that I disagree with. If anyone who knows my character, mm-hmm. you know I don't agree with a lot of things that probably are on that show. But I also know business-wise, like, it's made dance popular. And, you know, I there's always two sides to the coin, and I think it's important to be diplomatic in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, have you felt, Mandy Moore, the La La Land effect has just been... I mean, I feel like it's spreading. It's amazing when you guys are able to hire all of these dancers that mm-hmm. and choreographers that you love yeah. that have worked with you through the smaller projects. Yeah. And then you can hire them for the bigger projects. What has that been? What kind of effect have you felt? From La La Land? From La La Land. Just, you know. I, I Well, first of all, let me talk about Mandy Moore. I love her. I think, I mean, even all her time on So You Think, I would always tell my best friend, she is underrated. Like mm-hmm. they need to glorify her a lot more because I just think she's so incredibly smart in terms of the way she creates and the transitions of her movement. I really think she is such a gifted creator. And so she's one of my favorites. So to see her career evolve for me has been a beautiful thing because I've always seen her in that light as just an ace in our industry. Mm-hmm. And um, I was happy to see her get La La Land and then kill it yep. and then hire the best dancers in the industry and a show-stopping opening number that just blew me away. Like, I just was so excited for her and all the dancers. Again, anytime dance is on that platform, I applaud it. I'm like, yes, yay us. We are doing amazing mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and, and this year, I mean, the, the Television Academy, you guys finally have a peer group. Yeah. You have a place to land. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Mandy was, I know, was a big part of... Huge making, part of it. Making that she happen. She was a pioneer in making that happen. Um, yeah, she's at the head of that for sure. And, and what I didn't even realize, because I'm a member, I'm not an actress, but my broadcast career, it falls under the umbrella of Screen Actors Guild and, and AFTRA. For you guys, yeah. unless you're throwing yourself in the dance choreographers are not covered under a union no, no. In, in 2017 that's insane it really is it is it is and it and it's hard to even monitor our worth in those prices and i i i think we're moving forward and getting there mm-hmm. fingers crossed we should be there very soon but um i think it's important 
I think it's important. Yeah, and I know that even just being able to organize in one place in the TV Academy, which is not a union and will not get you mm-hmm. guys health insurance and things like that, residuals that, that are so important. But mm-hmm. um, I think at least everyone's under one big umbrella yeah. and can, and can talk to coming together other. and we can talk and, and help each other get on the same page. And we're starting to do that. We've had a few meetings. I've went to one, couldn't go to the others, but it, we're coming together. Good. I'm and glad we're to hear that. I, yeah. I, I honestly was shocked. I just, you know, in my you know, uneducated assumption. You mm-hmm. guys were covered under Screen Actors Guild, but I'm like, duh, your face is not on camera unless you're throwing yourself into that piece. Exactly. And you don't fall under um, the Director's Guild. Nope. Nope. Well, we were, guilds. you know, uh, at TV Academy, but yeah, we need our own group for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, in the last few minutes, I just want to ask, what are your goals beyond this? I mean, you've got the Emmy, worked in TV, did the film. Yeah. What's that next step for you? Well, funny you ask. I just did a, a, a job for Disney. I can't give the specifics of that mm-hmm. because I uh, signed an NDA. Yeah, <laughs> the old NDA, non-disclosure yeah. agreement, if you're not familiar with the, the L.A. term. But yeah. we, we hit a lot of those. I hit a lot of those as a reporter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I did that Disney job, and I had a new spark ignited because it was storytelling and it was sort of a musical theater number and I, my fire was lit. I was like, I want to do Broadway. I want to bring like a fresh perspective to Broadway. So I would love to do something theater based maybe in New York mm-hmm. or anywhere else, um, get my feet wet in that. I would love to do a Vegas show, mm. a high caliber dancer Vegas show because a lot of people who work with me, they'll say, you're such an amazing creator and you're such a dancer's choreographer. And when someone said that to me, I was like, well, that's what choreographers are. They choreographer dancers. And she was like, no, you're like a dancer's choreographer. I was like, what is what that? What does that mean? And she was like, like, you just are meant to create for dancers. She's like, not necessarily like an artist, but like your work on dancers, is, it just elevates them. And then so something like that in Vegas would be fun. That would be juicy. I mean, mm-hmm. Vegas sometimes needs, you know, sometimes there's really dancey shows and then it, they go away for a while. And it, it yeah. kind of is a, it's a trend in Vegas. So yeah. I think my favorite thing, and I think what my work does, is it hits artistry, but it's also commercial. I love entertaining the grandma, the grandpa, the younger brother who's 14 who can watch my stuff and go, ooh, her stuff's cool. I yeah. like it. I can connect. Rather than being so out there that it's so artsy. That's not really me. Do you have any thoughts um, of sort of doing what Nappy Tabs are doing in terms of creative director, executive producer? Yeah, yeah. I would love to direct. Debbie Allen was one of my mentors. I taught for her for six years. Miss Allen. Miss Allen. Miss Allen. I, I can't say enough. Isn't she the She's funnest? The best. I, like, interviewed her, I think, in November, December, somewhere around there, and I pretty much lost it when I left. You know, I was like, <sighs> and we'll be covering the Fame 35th anniversary concert coming up. she's a legend first of all she's a legend i grew up watching her i wanted to be her so of course it's no surprise that i'd love to follow in her footsteps and choreograph and and eventually you know direct of any capacity i ultimately i am a director i had my own company at 15 and directed that for years so i have that big picture eye Mm -hmm. so yeah eventually i want to do that i just want to tools are all there Yeah. yeah oh i love that well, I want to thank you so much You're for welcome. joining me today. This was great because I just felt like there was so much momentum with World of Dance. And people mm-hmm. just had some questions because, as we said, it broke the formula. We're yeah. expecting one thing. It's totally different yeah. and eye-opening, which I think is, is fantastic. Different is good. 
different is good. And, and I, like I said, the timing was really right on this. Like the mm-hmm. right people came together. I love yeah. the judging panel. I just feel like it's taking us to a whole other level of dance. Do you have a favorite? You can't say, huh? A favorite judge or a favorite contestant? Contestant. Uh, you know, it's it's hard, and I will tell you this. There's there's like a little bit of like <laughs> favoritism because I have covered three or four of the contestants. Like oh, I follow so them you for have months. Personal relationships. Personal relationships. Okay. <laughs> no, and it's hard because I see. Like I looked at the Kinjas last week, and I was like, Gosh, I, I love what they were doing. Yeah. Um, how do you not love Lace Twins? And then you know Kaylee Ware, who I adore. Mm-hmm. She's danced Brandon Talbot. I think they're on tonight I think um it's just one of those things that like I have worked with her for months and months and months and it's mm-hmm. it's hard not to be like I just want you to succeed and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's young I mean she's got a full career ahead of her you know she's for only sure. 15 so timing is everything in this business it really is it's really incredible yeah. well tell us all where we can find you on social media so everyone can connect with you um Instagram to Sandra Chavez everything on social media for me is my name super easy super easy super even my website's to sandrachavez.com I love it easy yeah. to find you yeah you guys thank you so much for joining us for the very first episode here of To The Point with Kristen Burt next week's guest I'll announce it right now is going to be Comfort for Doki oh. I die for her. I die for comfort. Um, And she's going to be talking about her work, not only in um, season 14 of So You Think You Can Dance, but she also is directing now, did some work with Nia Sue from Dance Moms. So I love it. I love it when people are just constantly evolving. Um, We have tons of World of Dance articles on dancenetwork.tv. Just hit the news tab. You will find them there. And we will see you all next week. We're going to slide into our regular time slot. It'll be at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I'm Kristen Burt. We'll see you next week. Yay. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 